The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Bobby King Green, a pro dating to 2008, looking as good as ever to begin his 2022 campaign. Did anybody out there who's ever been put down? Anybody who's ever been forgotten? They turn their back on you? You do this for me. Put your little fingers in the air and tell them I said, F- Bobby Please tell me that's on video. I've never been happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. That's dangerous. Listen to me, we're out of here. Matt, Sarah, Jim Norton. Matt looking very good, very thin. Jim Norton looking very fat and working on it. No. Um, Interesting show today. We have Bobby Green, who we both love, and Eddie Bravo. Has Eddie been on our show before? I've interviewed him before. Yes. He has. Okay. Yeah, I, I, but I, I don't remember if I was on or not. I remember. I don't know if you were on either. I like Eddie. I might a lot. not have been on. I like him a lot. You know, he's a conspiracy theorist guy, which is, but it's cool. Sure. I, yes. I, I like hearing all that shit. I like, listen, I don't, I mean, is the earth flat? I don't, do I know? What am yes, I? Yes, you do know. But, but, Wait, so they're yes, usually it, interesting yes, people. It no, it's not. But I mean, oh. they're interesting. Eddie a lot Bravo, of conspiracy theorists Eddie are very Bravo, smart. Eddie Bravo seems to think, but listen, does, he yeah. was a genius in uh, jujitsu. Yes. The, um, master of the rubber guard, Jimmy. I was watching. He's also very good at explaining things. Some, you know, he's a good talker and a good, uh, because I've never trained jujitsu, but watching him walk through how to get into rubber guard and the trap he sets very very interesting to watch a guy who is that good at fighting that he knows uh if he gives up ground to get ground that he's going to get ground i mean I'm, I'm really the psychological stuff in fighting always really interests me more than just knocking somebody out nah he's a great great talker great instructor i'm a yeah. decent talker but since i got my new knee i'm also a decent walker that's right Jimmy, I apologize for my little attempts at little dad humor, dad jokes. I am. Oh no, I thought this was the, this is just dad. Sorry, I'm a super dad. I thought it was dad joke champion. This is a, Jimmy, <laughs> super I'm dad. Yes, I'm way off. But uh, you know, I suck. I gotta get my. I gotta get. I gotta. You know what? I gotta get more more organized. Yeah. I got these guys texting me about that thing in Manchester. I 
I gotta I gotta send out pictures of my my fucking passport. I'm just not sometimes, man. Thank God I'm my own boss for most of my shit, Jimmy. Yeah, it's nice, right? Yeah, you know, I need that. Dude, you know we have Bobby Green on also. I know. Bobby's first, yes. He'll be coming in shortly. Nice, man. And he is fighting our friend Jared Gordon. And Jared Gordon, although he's coming up now, let's just talk about that a second. Uh, Yes, that Patty Pimblett fight. And uh, I don't know, we have not talked. Have we talked to Jared since then? Again, my memory is going, buddy. I don't think so. Okay. You know, we have not. We have not. Thank you, Jake. You know, I'm going to raise my king when kingdom come. Sorry, that's that song's called um, I'm the man. I don't know if it's called I'm the man, but I know they say that a lot. I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the man. Ah, they do. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Jimmy, another world. I could have been a singer. God damn, I do look. What world? What the world? What? uh, A quiet place? (laughs) I meant like another another timeline. Oh, okay. I thought you meant where no one appears. I've been watching too much of those multiverse movies. You know? Now DC's doing it with The Flash. (laughs) Sorry, were you supposed to stay in the real world now? No, you'd be a good singer, I think, um, like outside the space shuttle. I get it, Jimmy. Why? I get it. You don't like the way I, you don't like my voice. Because sound doesn't travel in space. I don't believe. I know. I know. And in space, no one could hear you scream. Nope. Hey, now here's. Old, old, don't get that reference. Nobody. It's trying to drive me crazy. I'm, you know what uh, uh, in space, no one can hear you scream. It's probably a bad horror movie. Is it like nah, Friday the 13th? It's alien. I think it's alien. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. You know? <laughs> 10th Planet Jiu Jitsu, which is Eddie's school. Um, Obviously, Tony Ferguson comes from there, and of course, Rogan loves him. But uh, Calvin Gastelum, and now Jake and I were talking before the show, and I, I don't want to ask you who. What? Gastelum looks so good in his last fight, and it's driving me nuts trying to remember who he fought, but I won't look it up. I won't look it up because I want to remember it. Again. I'm reading about Eddie Bravo doing the comedy clubs, but go ahead. Yes, Gastelum's you? last fight. I, I, and don't tell me who. I'm trying to remember who he fought. He just won. He just looked great. And I'm very... Uh, frustrated that I don't remember who it was. Kerr. Wait a minute. I can picture the guy. Kerr. Huh? Kerr. 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 It's driving. It's Kerr. driving. Kerr. Give me the initials. I'm, I'm giving you the whole goddamn thing. Listen what? to the second part. Yep. Yeah, 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 what? yeah. What's the matter? What? Chris Curtis, what? Chris Curtis, Chris Curtis. Ah! Yeah, you say, you say Curtis. Okay. I, did it very, I did it very subtle. Yeah, I know. I was actually Curr. thinking, instead of face, I was thinking of age. I, I, I was like thinking of age because I know Kelvin, I believe, is older, and he looks so good against the guy. People thought he was a loser. Yeah, Chris Curtis. Great every, fight. He looked good. Every, dude, you really distracted me. Because ever since you said I look good, I can't, stop looking, I can't stop looking at myself. I want to ask Eddie how long he's been working in the comedy clubs. I did not know he was doing that. Although I may have heard it. Sam Tripoli, uh, I wonder if they work on the road together. Maybe it's doing the podcast, you know, you figure you can both go up and then come out and bullshit a little bit together. Is this thing on? Jimmy. What, buddy? I love the fact that you're just a traveling comedian. I leave for Cleveland tomorrow. I'm driving to Cleveland, Ohio for, for Saturday sold out, but Friday there's a scattered tickets available for Friday. Hey, what do you mean you're driving? I wanted to drive um, 
because the flights have been so delayed lately. Uh, it's a dick move. I'm really stupid, and I'm going with two people. So I figured I had to save airfare. It's eight hours. I'm a stupid asshole. That's the reason I'm driving. I'm stupid. Eight hours. Well, what's the what? Are, what's really the motivation behind not just jumping on a flight? You said because again, the flights have been so late lately that it's eight hours, right? If you go to leave for the airport, say you have a two thirty flight, you have to leave at uh, twelve thirty for the flight. You have to leave two hours. I always leave two hours early. So I get there. I take the flight. If it's perfectly on time, it's two hours. Okay. And then say another 40 minutes to get to the hotel. It's almost five hours if everything is perfectly on time. But you're but not I, doing shit. Yeah, you're just sitting there. But I, I don't like not knowing. Uh, I, it's a stupid move. I, there's no way to I'm an asshole. That's my reason. I'm a fucking I, idiot. I had to go to Boston to do that looking for a fight. And I missed, I had to miss a flight because we had that little Norris. So they wanted to send a car. I go, man, I don't know, man. Like, my stomach has, I've, I've, I've ulcerated colitis. I don't want to be in a car for five plus hours, man. Yeah, but you can always pull over to a rest area. You'd rather be on a plane. You actually waited for a flight? Yes. How, and how and long was Dana that? Dana was making fun of me when I seen Dana. He goes, oh, this is the, he didn't say fancy pants, but I say that. He goes, oh, I guess now we can't take any cars. And, ooh. So wait a minute. I'm like, ooh, you can't go camping. No, I didn't say that. Was it a, a small plane or no? No, it was a regular plane, man. I'm not Dana. I'm going on one of his fucking flights. What are you talking about? Oh, wait, How wait, wait. Have you been on his private flights with Dana? Yes. How Did bumpy he, are they? Earlier. Nah, dude, I had a fucking, at least a full-size bed. I had something in there. Oh, a bed. Nice. Okay. Yeah, I remember that was back in the day. Tooth had the fucking couch. But who's complaining? You're on a goddamn bed. You're yeah. in a plane. Oh, that was fun. That was the earlier days of looking for a fight. Right. Uh, we haven't done that in a hot minute, you know? Yeah. I bet you'd like to, though, right? Fuck, man, Jimmy. <laughs> I get on there, they're like, will you want the lasagna on the... I go, what the fuck? Yes. I the flew with menu. Bert. Bert Bert on a private plane. It was very fun. Bert Crusher? Yeah, Crusher. We ate barbecued. Crusher. We ate barbecue um, from, like, Dinosaur Barbecue. I ate fucking dessert. What a pig I was on that flight. I love when they had that. So, thing. yeah, let's get the word out to Dana. I would like to fly on his plane with him somewhere. What you gonna, what you gonna do with that dessert? Jimmy, <sighs> fucking talk of, what? Do you know this also? Oh, we don't have fights for this weekend. Do yeah, we? we do. Stop, Jimmy, let that soak in. I love my, my buddy Curtis Blades. I do too. Not and uh, against Sergey Pavlovich, what a fucking great fight that is. 17 and one, Sergey is. And of course, Buck, Curtis, 17 and three. Uh, two of those losses coming to Francis. So again, Curtis has shown that as good as he is at taking you down and, and grinding you up against the cage and just ruining your life, you know, if you catch him right, it could be a, a bad night for him. All right, we got yeah, Bobby Green. Catch anybody right, it's a bad night for anybody. But a lot of guys have not been, you know, uh, stopped. Why Curtis alone. I love Curtis. Um, if he fights the fight he wants, he's going to beat uh, Pavlovich. But Sergey has looked really fucking good. I mean, oh. really good. So you doubt my man Curtis Blades? No, I just have respect for the guy he's fighting. However, I don't think he's fought anybody who is as dangerous uh, on the ground or, or the threat of taking you down as Curtis. I mean, Tuivasa Lewis, Abdur uh, Akimov, you know, all good fighters, but I don't think anybody on uh, Curtis' level. Yes. Speaking of good fighters, great yep. fighters. 
Bobby Green in the way. Let's bring Bobby Green in. Let's fucking go! The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, Bobby. Dude, let's do this. All three of us shirtless right now. Let's do it. <laughs> let's fucking go, Jimmy. Would you do it? I'm not in Bobby Green, Matt Sarah shape. I won't do it. No, I won't do it's it. Just me and Bobby. It's, here. If it's all of us. It's one thing. Bobby, what's up, man? How you doing, big dog? Good, dude. Listen, man. You were fucking looking. I mean, people, you look at the record. I'm looking over the stuff and I win, W, L, this and that. And I'm like, dude. You lost to Drew. You got caught, but fuck, dude, you were looking good before you got caught. You were fuck, looking good. You know? I know. That sometimes that makes it worse. Sometimes it's like, other, but other times you don't even get started, so people don't see. But you saw a fucking, uh, an in-tune fucking focused Bobby Lee until we got caught. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this in, the, in this game, brother, you know, I'm almost going to 50 fights. At some point in time, Shit like that's gonna happen. Where you got a vi- you got a football game, and you got the uh, you got the guys who threw the hell Mary, you know, yeah, and it worked, yeah. you know, and it's okay. And Jared uh, Jared Gordon, who uh, I thought looked really good in his last fight, and and I think most people kind of agree that he won that that uh, Pimblet fight. Uh, does it kind of? And I've asked a few fighters when you see judging that look. This is not like 28, 29, 28, 29, 20, This is not that close. When, does it make it like you not want to go uh, to a decision? Does it make you make decisions in the cage to avoid going into a decision because the judging has been so inconsistent? So, uh, I can tell you've never been a fight hunt gym. No. Exactly. The, the way you asked that question is that like, we're, we're doing everything we possibly can, trust me, to win. But you got, some, you got the world's best in front of you. You know what I mean? Right. You're like, can you make a decision just to knock him out? It's like, no, we can go hard, but they're going just as hard to win, too. The money's on the line, and, and, and sometimes it's just going to go to the judges, and, and it is what it is. No, no, but I don't mean – of course you – no, but he's trying. Hold on. Oh, Jimmy, let's do it together. No, wrong. no, I stand by my question. How dare you? Know what that sounds like, Jimmy? What? After a tough fight? Oh, man, well, shouldn't let it get to the judges there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, really? Not true. Not true. That's not I what I'm saying. In front of me, oh, I, I'm sorry. You're exactly, acting like exactly. he's, he's, he's never been in the fight. He doesn't know. That is true. But you're acting like you've never seen a guy up to nothing, two rounds to nothing, 
not take it easy in the third round, but be careful and not engage as much because they're just they, they they're up on points. You know, guys because, do that because of what? Because the risk of losing too. The risk that he might throw a hail mary. Yes, you might just get knocked out. I was still hundred percent, and it cost me. You see what I'm saying? I could have just stayed off the gas pedal, but who right. wants to see that? And so we are trying our best. But when you try your best, you can make a mistake like that also. So would you rather just uh, be winning a fight all the time and then a Hail Mary and you lose because you were just trying to make this action happen? Or do you take it easy and wait, take your win? You know, some people have different choices. Different fighters do that, yeah. But it's I don't I don't even consider it taking it easy. Like I don't think a guy is not fighting, but there are guys who will take less risks in in the final round if they know that they're up to nothing. And you know that that's the truth. So if the judging yeah. has been so bad, it's almost like it makes guys go, I I have to engage in a way I don't necessarily feel like I need to because I don't trust the judges to give me those first two rounds. Those are risks that come with that too, buddy. There's a risk that come with that. Like uh, the the Max uh, Holloway fight last, he's winning. All four rounds, he's trying to be careful. Then all of a sudden, uh, the other kid, Allen, starts coming in that fifth round really hard. Yeah. Now, he could have sat and tried to come a little harder, but it could have cost him too, you know? He could have got easily dropped at any time by Allen. Allen has some power. Well, you look anytime, at like Jimmy, anytime yes. you look to hurt somebody, you put yourself out there to get hurt yourself. Like, sure. Exactly. So, but you look at Usman Edwards. Look at Usman Edwards, where I think Kamara was up – uh, what was it? He was up pretty in the first fight. He was up going into that fifth round. I want to say three to one. Yeah, you're trying to argue this point. You're not going to win against two fighters, okay? But I'm not you're even not arguing the win. point. But, but Bobby, I'm not, not even arguing. Win. But I'm not even arguing the point. It's he was up the thing. It was up three to one. I think three uh-huh. to one. And he engaged, and I love that he engaged. He didn't kind of stay away and avoid it. He wound up paying for. It. I'm kind of agreeing with what you're saying that sometimes a guy throws the hail mary. I'm yeah. not even arguing the point, but it does happen. Yes, yes, exactly. So it's just to each his own, you know? Yeah, right. fuck yeah, man. Jimmy, I yes. want to get him all riled up before he has to go get Jared Gordon. This is great. <laughs> Jimmy, I, I'm happy we're not in studio. I'm happy to just try to, 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 to get between you. I don't know, Jimmy. What, what, no, because I, if, I, if, I, if, I, if I have a point, I'm not going to... I wouldn't... If Bobby got really true. angry, I would back off. I mean, if he was stop, like fist up, stop, I would fucking back poke. off. Stop poking the bear, please. <laughs> so, Bobby, though, this is good, though, because even though you're not fighting the guy over of W, everybody is thinking that Jared won that. And Jared probably got the most press off that loss that he did off of any win. In a, and I mean that in a good way. It, it's People know who Jared Gordon is because they think, oh, well, he's the one who got robbed by that bad. Yeah. yeah. It's a tongue twister. So now's a good time. You jump on him. You know, fuck, man. His name's hot. Yeah, yeah, they're even talking about doing a rematch between him and Patty. I should let them know there's going to be no rematch. I'm going to smack Jarrett, and then Patty's getting smacked next. Bobby, that's and I know you thought about this. I'm no fucking genius, but dude, that's that's where we should be sounding the fucking horn, talking about a react. That's all because you, you, you know, you know how to talk, you know how to fucking fight, but people love the trash talk. That's that's you just said it right there. That's everything. That's all the trash talk you need. They're talking about a rematch. They he's got to get pissed me to so I, stop talking about that shit. And then I'm gonna fuck up that dude with the haircut. And I like I like everybody involved. I'm just I'm dude. A lot of fuckers. I, I'm right there with you. I know I go, just, brother. I know I go. Well, you know, I but dude, it's bro. business. It's business. You, you gotta get paid before you get out of that cage. Fuck. Hell yeah. Hell Does yeah. Patty take a fight against Jared Gordon again? He's already said he didn't want it. He's like, I, I think he said I won the first time. I don't, do you think he takes that fight no. again? Jimmy, he said it. He, he said, said he, he said he won a rematch. 
That he said he wanted. Oh, to be okay. At one point, he said that he won the fight, and there was really no use for it. Sorry to give him the bad news. There will be no rematches. Okay, he's gonna be after I get done with Jared. You're next in line, Patty. If he really thinks he's that bad, if you really call yourself the baddie, you gotta come fight somebody that's really bad, like me. I'd be laying it down, man. Shit. I gotta ask you about you. They, they. We've read that you are trying to change your name legally to King. What is the thinking and what is the process you have to go through and how can they actually hold you up from doing that if you want to do it? Yeah, so I already went to court, uh, the court office, and I put it in. And then the process you have to do, uh, you have to put it into the newspaper for four weeks consecutively. Then after the four weeks consecutively, then you have to go back to court again and they'll start talking about changing your name. So I'm in the process of the four weeks now. So once I finish this, then I'll be going back to court to finish the last of it. What do you got to put in the newspaper? Just that your intent is to do that? I guess they're saying, I guess it says in the newspaper that, hey, he's changed his name from Bobby Green to Just King. And what is it something you've always wanted to do or what, what made you decide to do it? Or was it something you waited for and now you're doing it? Yeah, uh, I was, I was going to do this uh, a couple years back, but I was fighting child support cases with my other baby mom. I got, a, I got a black baby mama, I got a white baby mama, and I got a Mexican baby mama, so... Yeah, uh, you're the United Nations of daddies. Yeah. Man. There's something there. Hey, listen, you spread the love, you know? Man, man, my life is crazy, man. My life is crazy. <laughs> you like kids. You end up having a bunch of kids. That's beautiful. I, I, hey, listen, I, I wouldn't have kids myself if it wasn't my choice, but I just support the women on what they what they want to do with it. And they, yeah. they wanted it, so I have to support it. Yeah, but but I mean, but now I'm sure you're. Oh yeah, of course now. Yeah, I love my children. Yeah, but oh. at first, at first, some is there times because I have no kids. So when you first hear that, at first you're like, exactly. I, Every guy feels that way, you know, like what and like the pressure of having to take care of children and you know, are you qualified already? You know, I met a girl within a month and she got pregnant, so it's like, eesh. Oh, wow. What's your favorite color? Other. I forgot to ask. I know you got to fucking. You don't know them too well. You're like ah. I don't know if we're compatible for the rest of our exactly. Yeah. Did it bring you closer together, or did it just say, "Okay, this is what we have to do"? But now we're split. Um, this is what we have to do, but now we're split. You know. Okay. I mean, you're not gonna have these problems, guys like me and you. Look at the, the shirt off, the chains. We're not. They, 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 <laughs> I understand. They want this. Oh, yeah. they want I don't have. I don't have multi ethnicity choices. Like Bobby's kind of oh. got choices. I don't have. I, I I take what my options are, which is whoever will yeah. accept money. I don't know. Ooh. Women just like me. I don't know what it is about me, but I guess they like to keep my babies. That's fucking great. And you said you want to yeah. change your name. To, it was a king. King, yeah. Sir. So it'd be King Green. No, or no, just king. king. Oh, just, just king. king, but almost like the Madonna or the Prince, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, kind of like that thing, you know. Like we only live once. When did you? One day, I just wake up and it's like, why not? You know what I'm saying? For one, two, it's like I'm rebranding myself. I want to let everybody know that, like where I come from, I was in foster care with no mom, no dad. Um, mm. been in fifty different homes. I've been homeless. So to be a peasant and you could come one day working so hard to become a king, you know? And it's not trying to be cocky like good king or anything like that. Yeah. No, I'm a king, you know? And I worked hard to put myself in this position to be one, you know? Um, and so it's just really pushing myself to that limit where also I almost got 50 fights. Jorge just uh, quit at 52. I don't know anybody right now that's doing this like me where they're doing three, four fights consecutively a year at 50. You know what I'm saying? 
Right. Jorge was doing it once a year. You know, I talked to Chelsea. He's like, I'm at 38. I'm like, you're still at once a year. Who's doing it consistently like me? No one. And, and growing up in like uh, foster homes oh. and stuff like that, right? Really fast, really fast. Yeah, yes. Sure. But Kevin Holland last year, they had him like, for the most fights. I think it was at 11. And I had nine. And I'm like, Kevin, me and him got a little bit of back and forth. I'm like, bro, I'm still doing you consistently. And I would have done those other two fights, but one of them I had some issue with this one. This other one I passed out after making weight. I would have had 11 and I would have been tied the record with him. And I'm still in this game 12 years longer than him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Who's doing it at this record? You know, who's doing it at this rate? So when, growing up in like foster homes, did, did, how did that uh, kind of mold you being a fighter? Did, did you have like tough circumstances and you fought as a kid or did it have nothing to do with it? Oh, yeah, brother. That's, it definitely molded me to, to who I am. You know, I had to fight every day. Like, my school was 90% uh, Mexican and, like, 80% black. And we used to have black and Mexican riots. And I had a Mexican girlfriend, so it made it a lot worse. You know? Right. So, oh, it was crazy. That's like a reboot on fucking West Side Story right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get <laughs> <laughs> your body coming out. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you learn how to make friends? You make friends pretty quick. Like if you're moving around a lot and you're in a lot of different places, do you probably just adjust fast and make friends fast and you're comfortable yeah, around bro, strangers? Yeah, my, my, my friends are my family members. Like I got a white brother. I got some Mexican brothers, you know. Uh, um, all my friends are my family. You know, I treat them just like family because I didn't have my family really like that. Like I didn't see my family till I had like four world titles. Then my family started showing up to my fights. I never seen them come or any support before that. Right. It's when you have the titles. Um, it, it, did they, did you resent that or no? Is it cool that they came? Did I resent it? It's just what it was, you know. It's just people, you know. When when you're in need or when you're looking for somebody, no one will be there. But when you got plenty and you're making making stuff happen, you're on your purpose. People are gonna follow. People love your style. Obviously, you 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 talk in the cage and you really do. You do that because you want to entertain people, or it's just natural, or do you find it frustrates other guys? It's a bit of all. It's a bit of all of them, you know. One, I'm my biggest thing is I'm trying to give uh, my own package. Okay, there's no fight that you're gonna get like mine. You know, like yeah, Kevin Lee kind of does a little something like that. I mean, like Kevin Holland, whatever. Holland, yeah. And then, but I started this shit. I've been doing this. You know what I mean? Oh, they came after me. I was. I've been doing this. And so, uh, Sean does it. Me and Sean Strickland, we used to we grew up together, and he used to get so mad at me when I would do it to him during practice. <laughs> And, and like, he would think that he would call it disrespectful. Now he does it. I'm like, Sean, you trying to take my swag. I'm the one that started this shit. Now you do it. You get, used to get mad at me about it. Now you're doing it. And then he, then he takes it to another level and gets yeah, the yeah. and says, oh, let's, let's meet in the desert. No, I have dreams of this and we'll fight in the desert. I know. He gets all <laughs> weird with it. I, I still keep the shit cool. My shit be cool. This shit get a little weird. Like he's this having some, get- some dark confessions. <laughs> It gets a little Jeffrey Dahmerish when he starts. Yeah, some dark confessions. <laughs> Who who's had has anybody been able to do it to you? Or who's who would you say has had the best response to that? Or or any type of a surprising response to that? Uh Dustin Poirier gave me a little couple words back. Everybody else is kind of like they don't they don't really say shit. Dude Dober was like, killed me with kindness. He just kept smiling it off and like, <laughs> okay, okay. You know, he's a fucking kind motherfucker. So 
Shit, I, I don't know. I think Drew killed me with kindness. I kept fucking like, getting mad, you know? And he was just so happy. And you were, you were lighting him up, and he's still smiling. You're making him not so pretty, and he's still fucking... He tried to say something to me in there. I hit him with a one-two. Pop, pop. I said, shut up. He was like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to shut up. This guy said that doesn't bother them, but there's no way as a man when you're getting hit and a guy is saying that to you. It's got to. That goes back to a schoolyard when a guy is taunting you while he's kicking your ass. There's no way that doesn't bother somebody when you're talking to him. And you just said it perfectly. I'm bringing that to, to uh, the audience. It's like a schoolyard fight, like, I bring the streets to to the cage, you know, where you get to see two guys that actually like what it would look like in a real fight. You know, this ain't no, you know, one of them. This is something different. This is like you would be back at home and you got in a fight. What would you want to see? You know, a lot of these guys these days are changing the the industry. I feel like the time that me, Matt was around, they were real warriors. We went on fought. Now I feel like they're becoming more like wrestling matches and and, and like guys are strategically just trying to win instead of I'm trying to go in there and fuck you up. You know, it just became this little uh, arms. Uh, I'm going to hold you for like two minutes. And then from there, we'll do a little something like, nah, nah. I came to go to war from A to B. Always yep. do, bro. Always entertaining. Yes. I, always, I know when I see Bobby on there, I'm like, ah, oh, there's going to be some fucking shit talking in the cage. There's going to be some hands down. People don't like the hands down. I fucking love it. If you could do it. Uh, people, I like when this old, too, oh, his hands should be up. Really? Because his hands are low, his hands are up, and he's fucking lighting him up. <laughs> Bobby Green, keep doing you. I can't wait to call. I can't wait to call you king. Thank you, sir. They kept, they kept, on, they kept, they kept criticizing my style and telling me, you know, that I don't do this. And, and they said that, like the shoulder roll, that like the Floyd Mayweather couldn't ever do that. I'm doing all the things. I'm breaking all your rules. I'm not listening to any of you. You told me I couldn't do this. This is my shit. This is my stance on it. I'm taking my shit, and I'm never gonna change from nobody this is what i do and so you get this from me you can get that from other shit from them this is my shit yeah wonder, wonder boy fights with his wonder I'm boy's arms are down original, a lot Jimmy. Sorry. doesn't it uh doesn't it make it harder sometimes for a guy to see where a punch is coming from too like if you're fast enough when your arms are down like that it, it makes it harder for them to see where it's coming from yeah yeah exactly exactly wonder boy's got it too and, and i get a little bit from um I get it from my coach, which is a karate. He he's, he does boxing, just karate, Muay Thai. But karate was one of his main suits. So um, uh, Wonder Boys is on the same thing where we know how to keep our hands on a certain range. We'll get our hands up once we start getting closer into certain ranges. You know, we know where the danger is. But when we're from a safe distance, we know we can have our hands here, you know, until the right time. And when you're rolling with those punches, man, even when some of them get through, you're taking away 60, 70% of that shit. Like, right? I mean, nobody does the shoulder roll like you. And it's funny, not to, not to make a comparison. I'm trying to think. Kevin Holland has a decent one. He has another decent one. It's only other. Who else is using that shit like you? I mean. No one. No one. And to be honest, when he, fought, when he fought Wonder Boy, it didn't work so well. It wasn't working well at all, you know? And so he still got to go work on his shit. But this is yeah. my shit. Stop trying to steal my swag. That's what I'm saying. All these guys are sticking my swag. Now, they all talk shit, but now they want to steal my swag. All right, Bobby, we have our next guest. They're telling us uh, we have to wrap because our next guest is in the waiting room, and we pushed him back. Uh, but good luck on Saturday against Jared uh, Gordon. It's a great fight. You're always a really fun guy to watch fight, and uh, good I luck on Saturday. you guys so much. Jim, when I see you, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> Matt, you're my fucking guy. You're my guy, Matt. All right, buddy. Be good. All right, Bobby. All right. Get it, brother. And Matt, you better, if he Bobby goes to hit me, you better jump in. Let's bring on Eddie Bravo right now. 
I'll jump in. I'll give him a hug. He's a, you will. He's playful. He's playful. I know he is, and I know I was right in my point. You guys are both wrong. I'll argue with any fighter about that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Yeah. What's up, Eddie? Yes. What's up? Thank you. <laughs> Eddie Bravo, Jedi fucking master. What's up, bro? What's up? How you doing? Hey, man. I just had one of my black belts, Nick Lamagna. He has one hand. He visited you recently. We call him Nicky Knuckles. Anyway, dude, you smoke about as more weed than me, so you probably don't remember. But anyway, he's seen you, and he said you treated him well. Thank you, bro. No, I, I think I remember yeah, he's a little guy. He's a short, he's a little guy like my son. He's a little bit smaller than me. And he's got like one hand. So, of course, he gets the nickname Nicky Knuckles. It's fucking crazy. He's a black belt. Nice guy. Really nice guy. Friends with Brian Kennedy. How are you, man? Hey, I can never, I, I can never see you leaving. A lot of guys up, up, up and leaving to uh, Texas and fucking like Joe, Joe Rogan left with a bunch of, they brought it like a, like the Pied Piper, he brought a bunch of comedians with him to Texas. And I know you're doing the comedy now. For some reason, it's like me in Long Island, New York. I, I don't, I mean, listen, I, do I fucking love the place? I, I'm never leaving. I can never leave New York. I can't picture you leaving LA for some reason. Do you think you'll ever you know, leave? I thought about it. I Once they started uh, with the vaccine passports at my local mall, once they started with that, I was like, it was like a year and a half ago. I'm like, oh shit, called my wife. And I was like, Let's get the fuck out of here. It's time to go. So we went to, we actually went to Tampa, looked at some spots. I was, we flew to Tampa, looked at some spots, was about to pull the trigger. And then my, because I thought, you know, once they put the vaccine passports in, they're not going to pull them out. I thought they would never pull them out, but I was hoping. And I said, you know what? Let's stay to the bitter end. Let's try to survive in LA. And you know what? They ended, you know, like they ended up dropping it. I mean, everywhere. So thank God I stayed because the weather is just, Perfect. Can love I love it. Oh, the I, weather is just, I'm here because the weather. The weather is why. Like, Florida's too hot. It's too humid. Texas is too hot. Um, I about it, but thank God I didn't. Thank God we held out. And then they ended up dropping all the bullshit. So we're good now. I'm in LA for good. Yeah. How many podcasts are you doing? Is it just the one with Sam Tripoli? Uh, I, that that the one with Sam Tripoli is not mine. That's Tinfoil Hat podcast. I'm a regular, but oh, okay. If I'm my podcast is called Look Into It, and it's uh, it's also on Rock Ten. So I got my own podcast. 
What's your podcast called? Look into it. Okay. Now, is that is that strictly is that about like pop culture? This or is that a strictly conspiracy stuff? Which it's I everything. love. It's everything. I mean, sometimes it's all about music. Sometimes it's all about MMA. I just had Boz Rooten on. We didn't talk about any conspiracies. We're just talking about like you know the, the timeline of MMA. You know, Matt, the timeline is so epic. Like there's these kids that are just getting into MMA now. They don't know the timeline. They don't know what happened in the '90s. Eddie, Go back Eddie. And the birth of the UFC and and how the UFC got canceled. The UFC got fucking canceled before cancel culture even existed. You know, Eddie, we grew up, and this will never happen again. We grew up really not knowing what real fighting was. Is it Chuck Norris? Is it Bruce Lee does this? And is Kung Fu better than karate? We didn't really know. We didn't no, know. I, These kids know. They know what's up. We don't. We yeah. didn't. We didn't have it. Yeah, it, it, dude. I wrestled in high school, and I was horrible. I was a horrible wrestler. I got. I didn't want to. I didn't want to shoot any takedowns. Everybody was losing their teeth. I was like, you know what? You shoot, and I'll sprawl on you. How about that? So that's yeah. all I did. I got a good sprawl and a good front headlock. And I was always a pussy growing up. No one ever thought of me as a fighter. Like no, my family never thought of me as a fighter. If we needed to fight something, someone needed to fight. There was a cholo out starting shit. They sent my brother. I was always yeah. the pussy. I, I cried all the time and shit. So I used wrestling. I never looked at wrestling as a martial art at all. To me, it was like one-on-one -on -one football. So, but if anybody, anytime I got in a fight, I would just take dudes down and wait till the principal broke us up. I'm like, I'm, I, I know I'm cheating. I always thought I was cheating. I yeah. was, dude, I was grounding and pounding before Mark Coleman, dog. But I thought I was being a pussy. And, you know, and then when I saw UFC 2 and I saw Hoist taking people down and choke, I'm like, that's real fighting? Oh my, I didn't, I didn't think that was real fighting. I thought that was pussy fighting. So then I just joined jujitsu right away. Man, when, you, uh, oh, sorry, Jimmy. I did Wing Chun Kung Fu. Hours at night, co combat stuff with my father. My father did it. We would do the chain punch. I had a wooden dummy in my garage. I did a season. I did a season and a half of wrestling. So I didn't get along with the coaches too much. Anytime I got into a fight as a kid, I'd start off with a chain punch, and then right away I'm fucking grabbing. And so and then when I saw a tape of Gracie in action, which I know you've seen those tapes. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people have, but a lot of I'm surprised. Those tapes. That's when everything was like, well, just like you said. I'm like, every, they're, all, they're getting them down and they're all sitting on them and they're getting a mount. And I was like, I'm like, whoa. So I'm with you, man. Yeah. The kids today will never, it's almost like, I don't want to be like the kids, but it's not like, it's almost like they're spoiled in a sense. They'll never know, like, the, 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 that they'll never know what it's like to not know what real fighting is, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? And not, and not, the crazy thing is when the UFC first burst out, uh, not only were we all floored, like, oh, my God, you could fight on the ground, but grown-ass men, me included, thought that, oh, shit, all striking doesn't work. That's only for the movies. If you try to strike, you're going to get taken down and choked out. So I thought, and many adults around me thought, like, throwing a jab was bullshit. We thought throwing any kind of kicks was bullshit. Like, in those first UFCs, like, okay, all striking, is all, it's all for the movies. It ain't shit. Jiu-jitsu, they just take you down and choke you out. Striking is bullshit. And then I remember Don Fry threw a jab. And I'm like, hmm, a jab might work. And then Marco Huas threw leg kicks at on Paul Varlins. And we're the like, okay, I guess, okay, okay, leg kicks. Okay, yes. leg kicks. Yes. Yeah, okay. So then we're like, okay, no head kicks, though. No head kicks. Grown men thought no head kicks. You can't really, if you try to box with a jiu-jitsu guy, they're going to take you down. 
And then leg kicks, okay, okay. Oh, leg kicks are cool. And then Maurice Smith knocked out uh, Conan uh, Silviero with the head kick and like Battle Cade or one of those things. And uh, we're like, what? what? Okay, head, okay, he got lucky. And then Mark Coleman knocks out uh, Pete Williams with a head kick and we're like, do head kicks work? And Pete then Williams. now, <laughs> now all, 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 all strikes work. So for a while there, we, I thought striking was useless. So. It was like the UFC opened our minds, but it also closed them at the same fucking time. You know what I mean? Like, oh shit, ground ground fighting is the best. Striking sucks. But then as as uh, uh, the timeline moved on and as the sport evolved, now look all the kick, all those flippy kicks and kung fu kicks and all that shit. Even the karate strikes, like hammer fist, you're starting to see hammer fist in different sorts of situations. Like if you're in the mount. You want to throw a hammer fist if you're in someone's guard. That's karate. So it all it, it got uh, it got blown up like a nuclear bomb. Traditional martial arts got blown up, but then got resurrected as time went on. And now look at John Jones throwing all sorts of kung fu wing chun kicks. So it's man, it, the evolution's insane. Do you think these young fighters coming up have, I say an advantage, but because they're kind of being trained in everything at the same time to be like more full MMA fighters, do you think they have an advantage to what you guys had coming up? Oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's it's. I mean, the kids today, shit. It's like, especially in ju- just pure jujitsu. Like the sixteen and seventeen year old kids are like the best. The guys that have been doing jujitsu since they were two, like the Rutolo twins and Cola Bate, All the kids growing up, they were doing it their whole life. Like it's, it's, it's. How do you compete with that? It's incredible. These these kids are insane. It's amazing. It is amazing. And then you see a guy like, uh, it's interesting too, Raul uh, Rojas Jr., uh, Rosas Jr., sorry. What did you think of that and, and kind of what, what happened to him up against a veteran uh, or a guy with a few more fights than him and the way he kind of gassed after the first or, or, or put a little too much into it in the first? What did you think about that fight? What mistakes do you think he made? I didn't see that fight, but I know all about him. He's, he's a grappler um, on the West Coast. I've seen him, I have students competed against him. I've seen him on, on several shows. I knew he was going to be a star. And just because I haven't seen the fight, but a lot, you know, get that loss out of the way. You know what I mean? Right. Look at like, like Aaron Pico. Aaron Pico is insane. He's so good, but he had a couple losses early. And you know what? Get those out of the way. Get that undefeated shit out your head. Because in MMA, you're trying to be undefeated, dog. It's going to be a, a, um, a, a nightmare for you if you think that's the way it should go. Because you there's it's Russian roulette. Guys are throwing heavy hands. You can get caught. You you know um, it's, in MMA you just you you just never know what's gonna happen. So I'm sure he's gonna be back stronger than ever. That lot as soon as he gets a win in MMA, no one cares about your record. That in boxing they care about your record. MMA nobody knows anybody's fucking record. So get that undefeated shit out of your head, and you go out there. You try to do the best you can. You're gonna lose, and you get to pick yourself back up. And people only remember your last fight. You know how did you do in your last fight? If you get if you lose. Just train hard, get a W, and move forward. That's all you can do. And uh, are you doing stand-up? And, and if so, when did you start? I didn't realize you were doing it. I was doing stand-up before uh, 10th Planet. I was doing I, Oh, uh, I didn't was, know that. Okay. Yeah, I, I wrote on The Man Show. When, when Joe Rogan was the host for The Man Show, Yeah, I was a, I was a writer on that show. Um, I did, like, open mics back then. And then I realized, I realized that, uh, you know, um, comedy – is uh, two things. You gotta be funny and you gotta have professional public speaking skills. And I didn't have, I mean, Joe, 
Joe, he put me up on stage. He was pushing me. He goes, dude, you, you know, because I could tell jokes like in the locker room. I could talk some shit. But there's a big difference between making your friends laugh in the parking lot and getting yes. up on stage in front yes. of people who fucking paid, who, you know, wives dragging out their husbands. And, you know, they got a two drink minimum and shit. You better be fucking funny. You better have your shit together. So I learned real quick. I'm a, I, I learned really quick that uh, comedy is a lot like jujitsu. You got to get a lot of reps. You got to go out three, four, five nights a week. And uh, I decided, you know what? I had a bad experience at, in, at Comedy Central. So while when I went and I when I went to Brazil in 2003, when I tapped out Hoyle Gracie, I was actually working as a comedy writer for Comedy Central. So when I got back, I quit the fuck. I walked off. I walked off that show. I said, fuck that. Went to a, a, a local boxing gym and just started teaching jujitsu. And that was the birth of 10th Planet. I walked away from comedy. So I never stopped writing. You know, I just knew that, man, I can't go out four or five nights a week and work on my public speaking skills and work on my set. So I, I walked away from comedy, never stopped writing. But after all these years of teaching jujitsu, I got my public speaking skills um, a little bit better. So Sam Tripoli was like, dude, and he was a friend of mine back when I was doing like open mic nights at comedy. So he always said, dude, if you ever want to come back and do comedy, dude, I'll put you on one of my shows, put you on one of my shows. And then I finally decided in 2017, it was 2017, I go, you know what? It's been 15 fucking years. Let's see what happens. So I went up and, um, uh, you know, I, I did better than I thought I would do. The, the crazy thing is, um, and I always try to, you know, tell jokes here and there in jujitsu. And dudes in jujitsu, they, they just want to train. They don't want to hear no fucking stories. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, coach, we heard the story. I got to go to, I got to pick up my kid. Can we get some training in? So I, I would bomb constantly. <laughs> bomb, bomb, bomb. I was like, so, but when I first got on stage, I'm like, oh my God, I got a fucking mic. I, I, don't, I got a mic. And these people want to laugh. They don't want to do jujitsu and they're drunk. I'm like, whoa, it was almost, it was almost like, like trying to be funny in jujitsu is like strength and conditioning for comedy. You know what I mean? Because I'm bombing all the time. So I was just used to dudes not interested in my stories. Like one, one guy would laugh at my story and, or whatever. But man, when you get on stage and they're all paying attention, they don't want to work out and you got a mic, it's a, uh, it's a little easier to make people laugh when they want well, to laugh. You know you're a I'm good saying? talker. Eddie, you are a good talker. I was, I told Matt before I was watching and I've never trained jujitsu, but I was watching videos of you kind of walking through the rubber guard and how it works and how you trap people. And I was fascinated by it. And just listening to you talk about that, you obviously are a good talker because somebody talking about something I've never trained in and keeping my interest, you definitely have the ability to keep somebody interested when you're talking. Um, it was really interesting to watch. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's weird that the jujitsu, uh, Ten Planet, trained me for comedy. So now I'm, I've been doing comedy now five six years back with Sam Tripley. We go on the road. We do a tinfoil hat comedy show, and it's fucking it's the funniest shit. You know when you get up and it doesn't always work out. Sometimes you don't connect with the audience. Sure. And sometimes it's a bad set. But when it's a good set, when you get up and you connect immediately and everyone's just fucking there laughing and they give you energy, you give them your best performance back. Because the more they laugh, the better your performance is because you get more confident. And uh, man, when, when, when it works, when it works, it's the funnest thing ever. There's yeah. nothing funner than getting on stage and, and everyone having a good time. And, you know, you're just talking shit and just telling stupid stories. I fucking love it. I love. I do it just for love. I'm not doing it for like special. I don't want none of that shit. Right. I I, I just do it. I go up, uh, once a month. Me and 
uh, I only have time for one weekend a month. Like I'm not, a, I'm a part-time comic. I, I, I can't go full-time every weekend. I got my 11 year old son. He's balls deep in baseball, baseball tournaments every fucking weekend, you know, and white, white little league shit, man, you got to show up to practice too. Mexican little league, Mexican little league. Nobody even knew I was practicing. But white little league, the mother and father, they all show up to practice time. And so you got to sit there and you're like, pretend like I got my, my earbuds on. I'm listening to some fucking JRE or something. But um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't be a, like a full-time comic. I just go once, once a month, we go out, you know, wherever, Texas, Oregon, Seattle, wherever. And we just have fun. And that's it. Then we go back to real life. Sam's a full-time comic though. He's yeah. always on the road. I, I just, I go out once a month. Yeah. Eddie, is, is your son training jujitsu? Your 11 year old? You know what? You brought up Gracie and I, uh, my son, man, he likes to do his own shit. He calls his own shots. So five years ago, I, when he was like three or four, we were doing arm bars and all that shit, passing the guard. And then he just said, daddy, I want to do karate. I don't want, I want to strike. And I'm like, and, and I'm like, okay. So we got him into karate when he was five. He's 11 now. Dude, he's a fucking brown belt in karate. <laughs> so, so I'll get him when he's like 13. I'll give some kid 20, some wrestler 20 bucks to take him down in front of his girlfriend, humiliate him, and then I'll get him later. Dude, I try to show him, I try to show him Gracie in action. Dude, it backfired. He fucking hated it. He couldn't stand watching his karate, like karate guys and strikers get taken down and choked out by the Gracie. Man, I thought it was going to open his eyes. You know, the jiu-jitsu, dude, it pissed him off. I'm like, damn. You know, I, I I gotta I gotta give it a couple of years before I try this again. Yeah, <laughs> no rush, no rush. He'll, he'll, no, but he'll... if my son ends up being just a striker and I can never get him into jujitsu and he's just a, he's for sure at least gonna be an awesome striker because he fucking loves striking. He loves it. You know, so at least I, you know my as long as he doesn't get bullied, that's all I really care about. He doesn't have to follow in my footsteps. You know, I get it. A lot of pressure and all that shit. You know, anytime you have a, a any any instructor at a school when he brings in his son, you know, it's a lot of extra pressure. I get it. Um, if he just wants to be a badass striker, as long as he does a martial art, I don't care. I got my three daughters training. It's the same thing. I got and they're the same. Uh, Eleven, who's gonna be twelve in two days, uh, fourteen, and uh, nine, and they're doing their first tournament in like a couple of months, which is nice. And my wife That's actually, awesome. Eddie, Eddie, my wife too is funny. She's training jujitsu now. She has she's three and zero oh in Muay Thai, uh, amateur Muay Thai kickboxing, uh, amateur kickboxing. I don't know if it's Muay Thai, whatever. But uh, but anyway, she's doing her first jujitsu tournament, so it's fun. We're like the Incredibles, but with martial arts. I don't know. That's badass. <laughs> yeah, man. So, dude, I want to see your comedy. And what else you got going on, man? What else are we promoting? Anything else? Talk to me. Um, combat jiu-jitsu. You ever watch that? Hey, I love it. And you brought up that Aaron Pico guy, our friend, my black belt, James Gonzalez, fought for you before. And uh, yeah. our, I love that kid. Sweet kid. Sweet kid. And he's a fucking savage, the alley cat. So he's fighting on short notice. He's in Hawaii, and he's fighting that Pico kid on short notice. So he's the type of kid, his jiu-jitsu is at that level where it could be, and his striking's getting better, but his jujitsu is, uh, he can, he can give anybody a bad night. So it's nice. Yeah, he's high level. I love him. He's, and I, and I, and he was always down to fight my shows. You know, uh, I would love to have him in combat jujitsu, but it seems like, you know, he's in Bellator now, you know, we'll see how he does in MMA. But um, he, he, beat, uh, he beat Tyson Griffin on one of your shows, which was very impressive. I was impressed. Yes, 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 great. yes. But I love what you're doing. I, listen, Eddie, I'm a jujitsu guy. We know each other forever. 
I love, I talked this morning. I'm still on the mats. I fucking love it. We're, we're cut from similar cloth. But a lot of times, and I know this sounds like blasphemy, I love watching jujitsu in the UFC. I fucking love it. But some tournaments, I, I just, I could, I, I don't know. I could lose my interest and stuff. But I love that fucking combat shit. Oh, hey, smack me in the face. I like when you're adding that realism. Because some people, a good, a, one of the things that is lost in the modern era of, of, um, of uh, grappling and jujitsu is distant ma- distance management. I know it sounds like a fancy thing, but it's basically, are you too close or too far from getting smacked or punched or elbowed in the fucking face? And you recognize this very early on with your rev- revolutionary rubber guard system. So you knew, hey man, I'm, dead. I'm, I'm clamping them down, I'm close, I'm tying them up and I'm fucking them up. So, but it's also keeping the distance. It's an art in itself that a lot of it's lost. One of my high level guys tried the combat world, uh, combat uh, jujitsu, and he's like, oh, I didn't like it. Fucking not James, another one of my guys. He's good, very good. He goes, yo, man, fucking, I didn't like that shit. You know? A lot, so, a lot, a lot of high level jujitsu guys, they don't want no part of the smacking. You know what I mean? Um, for, for me, I got into jujitsu because of the UFC. The, the, uh, jiu-jitsu didn't get me into the UFC. The UFC got me into jujitsu. So what immediately when I first started training, I go, hmm, we're playing tug of war with our jackets. Like that, like how is that gonna translate to MMA? And I always in the back of my head, I always thought if I don't make it in music, my backup plan is gonna be MMA. So I better start getting my jujitsu ready now just in case I fail in music. And originally before comedy, it's always been about music. I always make music. I still make music. I'm dropping an album. I had an album to 2017. Nobody knows about it. But um, do you sing uh, or do you play an instrument or do you both? I I I do every. I do, I'm like a jack of all trades. I generally produce um, music for uh, rappers. I make uh, like um, like uh, like uh, like metal uh, industrial EDM type rap. You know, um, my album, you could go uh, on YouTube. The whole thing's on YouTube. It's called Mixed Flick of Death and Devotion. I took 15 of my songs that I produced for different singers. Some are like female singers. Some are rappers. I, I sing a couple. I, I could barely sing, but every now and then I throw. But I, I make all the music. I produce all the music. It's called Mixed Flick of Death and Devotion. Each song is cut to uh, one of my favorite movies. So like, uh, th- there's a music video of The Shining. There's a music video of Scarface. There's a music video of The Crow. There's a music video of Enter the Dragon. There's a music video of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, 300. So each one of my songs is cut to uh, these, like my favorite movies. So it's very, you can, oh, nice. you can, if you don't like the music, you can put it on mute and just leave it on. It's like an hour and a half of just awesome scenes. And you just hang out with your friends. You don't even have, you can put your own music over it. It's just, <laughs> visually, it's, it's the most entertaining, uh, visually, you can't get anymore because it's the, the best movies up. You're Plug it again. How, how do you get better Plug than it. scenes from Scarface? Like that. Plug it again. Plug it again, Eddie. What's the, where can people see it? I call it a, a mixed flick because it's like you know, there's mixed tape. Well, this is like a mixed movie musical thing. You go to YouTube. It's called Mixed Flick of Death and Devotion, and that came out like in 2017. I got a new album coming out too. It's like a parody music. It's like comedy music. It's uh like it um. It's called, it, this project's called Hook Thieves. I leaked a lot of the music on YouTube. If you go, if you look up Hook Thieves, there's some of my new music's coming out, I'm leaking it, but the album's gonna be out in about a, a, a month. But um, 
you know, nobody really knows about my music. So I kind of, I don't really don't talk about it that much. This is the first time I'm talking about my music, like on someone else's podcast in a long time. Um, it's, uh, it's not for everybody. <laughs> but it's just something you feel passionate about and it's, it's an art that you love. Yes, yes. So, so getting back to the combat jujitsu, um, I, I was, you know, I was floored by the UFC because of the jujitsu, you know, and the, not because we already, I was already a boxing fan. That was already kickboxing. We already had that. The reason the UFC blew up was because of the fighting on the ground. It had nothing to do with the striking because we, again, we already had kickboxing. Kickboxing pretty much failed in, in the United States. Nobody was watching that shit. And we, and boxing's huge. I was a gigantic boxing fan. I was an encyclopedia of boxing. I had boxing magazines stacked all over my fucking house. I, I knew everybody's record in the top 10 from every division. Then I see UFC two and I'm like, I threw all that shit away and went head first into, into UFC. You know, when the UFC bust out, half the boxing fans jump ship. And then half the boxing fans said, fuck that, that's human cockfighting. That's not a real fucking, that's not a real sport. So half stay. So with, with combat jujitsu, I wanted to take the best, my favorite part of UFC, my favorite part of, the, of MMA, which was the ground fighting with strikes. So that's all combat jujitsu is. Combat jujitsu is for the people, MMA fans, who love the ground fighting more than the stand-up fighting. And that's Yo, all it is. We, we, don't, we don't have stand-up fighting in combat jiu-jitsu. It's all about jiu-jitsu, high-level jiu-jitsu with fucking strikes. People that's, say slaps. You can call them slaps, dog. But they're, they're palm strikes. Noses are broken. Orbitals are broken. People get fucking knocked out. They're not slaps. So that's all I did. And I, I, I just wanted... And then, and then the, the one thing, the most important thing that made... Or one of the most important things that made UFC 2 so impactful uh, uh, worldwide was the 16-man tournament. The 16-man tournament. Because if you get, a, you get 16 guys together, 16 martial arts, you don't have to know any of their names. You just have to pay attention to that first round. And then the second round, you're like, oh, that guy's fighting that guy. Oh, shit. And then that's like a full season, a 16-man. Like the first two rounds are like the regular season. And then the, the semifinals, like the playoffs. Oh, the top four guys like, oh, I just saw these guys. Oh, shit. And then the finals, like the Super Bowl. So 16-man tournaments are key. That's why the UFC 2 blew the fuck up. So I'm doing 16-man tournaments. I'm doing just like UFC 2, except there's no kickboxing, there's no boxing. It's just jujitsu and fighting on the ground. So I want to- you know, you know, it's funny. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I'm good. So that, no, that's what funny. I try to do. I just try to make the most entertaining jujitsu event possible. And the fact that we could, we could do 16-man tournaments and MMA can't no more because it's just too brutal. You can't do 60-man tournaments no more, super brutal. But you can in combat jiu-jitsu because it's not as brutal. So that's that's one advantage combat jiu-jitsu has over MMA. We got 16-man tournaments. You guys got single, you guys got cards with single matches. We got, so and when it comes to overall entertainment output, a good, like like the, the last show we had with Andrew Tackett, Andrew Tackett and Alan Sanchez in the finals, the, the welterweight show we did like a month ago, shit. Entertainment value, shit. That could, that's right up there with uh, UFC Fight Night, in my opinion, entertainment value. I, I know a lot of guys like, they don't even watch MMA no more, but they love combat. Some people just don't want to watch striking. It makes you respect the positional dominance in grappling where some guys could just sit in their fucking, you know, the the um the the, exactly. the, the, the stance here and you know, and then 
I mean, what they gotta what they gotta realize is a lot of times nowadays, because everybody's like so I mean, they're getting better at it, but they were so few to the leg locks with no gi grappling, they're avoiding getting them out because they're afraid they're gonna shuck up and get on their legs. Dude, go back. Speak of UFC number two. Here's a fucking here's a snapple bottle fucking fight for you. Yeah? Uh fucking Scott Morris versus fucking Patrick fucking uh Patrick Smith. Patrick Smith. Dude, that'll make you that'll make you respect the fucking mount. He he, he yeah. got mounted and he's a kickboxer, but he must have been like, hey, at least one of the Gracies are doing. Frank Ken Shamrock broke my leg in the first one. Let me try this shit. He got mounted on this ninja, and I'm not even fucking around. The guy did ninjutsu, Scott Morris. He choked out yeah. his first guy, Pat beat his first guy. Second round, he goes to take down Patrick Smith. Patrick gets on top, and these elbows. I don't know if you can find this fight in fucking fight pass. But these elbows from Patrick Smith, I've seen this over fucking maybe almost close to 30 years ago. I'm still fucking horrified. Right, Eddie? <laughs> Brutal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dude, totally. Dude. That, that was UFC 2. That was That's, UFC 2. I know. Man. That That's made me the, think of it. If you're, a, if you're an, a UFC fan out there watching this, go back and watch UFC 2. Because UFC 1, nobody really watched UFC 1 because there was no b-roll there was no highlights from a previous show because that was the first show so i was like what is this wwe that i thought it was fake so i didn't even watch it and then i heard about it my buddy goes dude that ultimate challenge thing was real i go what he goes yeah he said they had they had kung fu guys and boxers and and apparently this i think this iranian guy just grabbed everybody he just choked everybody he just grabbed them by their throat and I go, an Iranian? He goes, I think he was Iranian. He was grabbing everybody by the throat and he choked everybody, I guess. And I'm like, oh shit, I got a, I go, karate guy? Cause I was doing karate at the time. Yeah. I go, karate guy too? And he goes, I think everybody, bro. And I'm like, fuck. So then when UFC 2 came out, I go, I gotta watch this fucking Iranian guy. And it turns out he's obviously he was Brazilian, but um, that's what set it off. UFC 2 is the greatest UFC of all fucking time. You, hey, uh, Orlando Wheat, Versus Rem Hell Hell yeah. dude. Come on, man. Yes. yes. I go through the whole fucking guard with you. How, about, how, about, how about the most brutal of all, though, was, was uh, uh, Big Daddy Goodrich, uh, Gary Goodrich against Paul Herrera. 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 Got him in that crucifix. Man, that crucifix. Woo. Dude. Herrera's, I, met, I seen him recently. Doesn't he? He works with, uh, if it's the same Herrera, doesn't he work with, um, uh, the jiu-jitsu kid, fucking uh, with the braids, fucking Brian T. City. Maybe he might. He might. Ortega. Or is that a different uh, Brian Ortega? Yeah. Yeah. He might. He might. Cause uh, nice guy. Uh, is it Paul Herrera? Herrera right? that, tank, that tank camp and, and Tito Ortiz camp with Huntington Beach. So it's prob it's possible that they're working together. I'm not sure though. Yeah, man. Well, but, but what, what you're saying like about positional stuff, I, like it's a problem for me. It's a problem for me that the most uh, because I'm in the jujitsu business, the most, the two most popular guards are sit-up guard where people are like on their butt and they're looking for two-on-ones and just open, open Z guard. Those are the two most popular guards. But when they're strikes, those are the worst guards. Isn't that a problem? That's a problem. That's the worst guard. When they're strikes, you know, and, and check this out. So that's a problem, right? The, the, the most popular guards are the worst guards when they're strikes. And the most important guard when their strikes full guard that's the most important when their strikes 
is the, the least important in grappling. Like you could win Abu Dhabi 10 times in a row and never put anybody in full guard. Full guard in Abu Dhabi is like, you could rest there or something, but nobody, it's the least important guard, right? But in MMA, oh, it's so fucking important. A guy's trying to fucking smash you, you better put him in full guard and control his posture and protect your fucking head or get the fuck away, you know, either get the fuck away or get inside, either tight or far away. But that in-between shit where you see him sub only, that's a problem for me. For me, that's why I'm doing combat jujitsu because that's a fucking problem with jujitsu. You got, your whole game is like off sit-up guard. You go into MMA, what are you going to do? You, you have to change your whole fucking game. You don't think that's a problem that you have to change your whole fucking game. That's a problem. So that's what combat jujitsu does is, is it, 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 it and, and in, when I did EBI, the only reason I did EBI Sub only is because I couldn't get it sanctioned. I couldn't get combat jujitsu sanctioned. It was all about combat jujitsu. So, so I'm like, shit. I, it's too hard to get. It was too hard to get it sanctioned with the exact a format that I wanted. They gave me like a modified, weird version. It didn't work out. So I go, you know what? I'll just do sub only. So I did EBI, and I did only because I couldn't get combat jujitsu sanctioned the way I wanted to. So, and then yes, all the all the the complaints about. Sub only, I agree with too many like leg, everyone's just jumping on legs. Nobody's mounting, nobody's guard passing. So when there's no strikes, man, you could just spam legs, spam legs, spam legs. So with combat jujitsu, it brings the mount back. Mount's very important. Leg locks aren't that important in combat jujitsu. You still win, you know, you, we're finding out which leg locks uh, work with strikes and which ones don't. We're finding that out with combat jujitsu. A lot of data, every show, data on what, Jiu-jitsu works when strikes are allowed. That's what I'm interested in. I'm not interested in in um, anything else, but um, what what jujitsu is the best when strikes are added. That's my whole purpose for living. You, you know what's right? You know what? Though it's kind of ironic that you do both the EBI rules and the combat world and combat jujitsu is. You're going to be getting guys ready for the fucking EBI, and they'll be like, "All right, on the back." I'm going to escape it. All right, he's mounted. I'm out. They're going to do that same shit when they combat. They better not have that philosophy. I make, sometimes my guys, they'll, they'll be getting ready for a tournament like that. And they get comfortable with just escaping back. We talked about this before. Escaping back. And now they're facing them. And now they're mounted. Where I agree, in sub only, it might be harder to get finished. But fuck, if they're doing a combat world and they think they're escaping the back just to get mounted, they're going to get fucked up. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. In the overtime, once, yeah, once, yeah, once in the overtime, once you get to mount, it's considered an escape. I see what you're saying because you could keep it going, but you could say the same thing about side control. Like, like if if you had my back and I escaped, and now you have side control, you could say the same thing. You could let it go. Or uh, if you have my back and I escape, now you're mounted. Yeah, it's it, you're in the mount, but but it there's time constraints, and yeah. overtime is just like it's just the rear naked choke shootout. We can't get like it can't be like like there's we got to end it at some point yeah. so that, that's fun. why we ended in the mount but i see what you're saying oh, i see what you're saying if, if you're escaped to the mount but in regulation you're gonna get fucked up you know but in ot it's just a rear naked choke shootout if you could transition to an arm bar off it that's good too but we're just the overtime is all about um the, the audience all right because yes. in in, in jujitsu in jujitsu it's always um, the promoters get usually get paid by the competitors, right? So when like IBJJF, that their rules are for the competitors. Their rules are not for the audience member. That's why there's nobody in the audience. 
because since the competitors are paying 160 bucks, they they want they want rules that that, that they're comfortable with, and yeah. usually it's it's uh, uh, the least amount of risk, right? So points, like if you lost by an advantage, you're like, yeah, I lost, but it was by an advantage. It isn't that risky, right? But yeah. if you if you made the audience the priority, like, what do they want? Forget about what the cut competitors want. I'm not taking any money from competitors. You're not paying me. The audience is going to pay me. So what do they want? So if you gave the audience a choice, you have 10 minute jujitsu match and, it, and it's close. It could have gone either way. Do you want guys coming out with flags, raising flags to siding? Or do you want a wrestling shootout to see who wins? Or do you want a rear naked choke shootout to see who wins? The audience will always pick rear naked choke shootout. Competitors are the ones that don't like the rules but it's like when you go on a game show can you imagine you go on a game show like jeopardy and you're like i don't like these rules i'll only do jeopardy if if if, if we answer like this and we get these kind of questions they go get the fuck out of here you know no one it's the same thing the same thing with the rules i make. i make the rules for the audience not for the competitors a lot of the competitors are like fuck that i ain't doing that shit you know what i mean i can have no rear naked choke shootout to decide who wins guess what we're doing it here and People, the audience loves it, dude. They love the overtimes. So, you know, it's the competitors that don't like it. Sorry, Don, but, I, but I'm, I'm all about the audience. This is all for the audience. It's all for entertainment. And, and uh, you know, I don't like decisions. I don't like judges. You know, since day one, they've always been the problem in jiu-jitsu. Since day one, since the 90s. And Joe Marrero was doing tournaments on the West Coast. It's always the referee. He didn't give me two points. Uh, da, da, da. He fucked me up. Oh, he's Brazilian. Oh, I thought knee bars were legal. But now he said, it. It's, dude, judges have always been the problem. Always. So if you're going to start a jiu-jitsu tournament, you're going to promote a jiu-jitsu tournament, and you got, you're going to bring judges in, it's always been the problem. It's yeah. always been the problem. It's just me and Vic. It's me and Vic. You're like, you guys decide. You guys have that. Rear naked took shootout. <laughs> Dude, you're doing something right, man. Congrats. Listen, Eddie, I know you a long time. Congrats on all your success. Yeah. Seriously, man. You're a good dude. I mean, shit. Like, times you, I appreciate you. Me and you were kind of like OGs in the game now. I don't know how that happened. But <laughs> we're yeah. well, dude. I mean, shit. You were yeah. you were in Abu Dhabi in the 90s, Don. Like 98. 2001. Like yeah, close. Oh, 2001. Yeah, man. You're a legend, man. You know, oh, you. John Jacques Machado's my master. That's my master. And you hey. got to win over him and nothing but props and, and respect because John Jacques fucks me up. Like, John Jacques, a, John Jacques he fucks is, me up all the time. Hey, you know? Eddie, hey, I always equate that to my almost to like my because people who don't know who John Jacques Machado is, I always say, look, man, that's like my. That was like my GSP fight in MMA. After that match, I'm like, good. I, I accomplished enough. Let me concentrate on my fighting because that guy's a legend. I love, and he's a great person. And I love his Instagram. I love his, I love everything he does. Big fan. Yeah. 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 John Jock's a legend, man. That's, that's a huge win for you, man. And you're a legend. And, and yeah, you are a legend as well. Took out Hoyler Gracie, the great, the great Eddie fucking Bravo. Let's go, <laughs> man. Jimmy. Yes, Eddie, uh, I want to plug the podcast, too. Look into it with Eddie Bravo. And, uh, dude, thanks for coming on. We'd love to have you again. You're a great uh, guest, and you're a fascinating guy. So anytime you want to come back and promote something, please do. Thank you. Thank you. And all you guys listening out there, we're talking about combat jiu-jitsu. It's on Fight Pass. Let's go to Fight Pass Combat Jiu-Jitsu Worlds. Watch the one from a month ago, the welterweight one. 
oh shit. And also Medusa, we do the same thing. 16 girls, combat jiu-jitsu. Medusa. Yeah. Hannah, Hannah, Go Goldie. Medusa. Hannah Goldie got caught. But Hannah Goldie was looking like a, I think it was in the Medusa thing. She was yes. fucking, dude, she was Machine. like back rooting on the floor with the fucking bomb strikes. Yeah. It was Did something she, else. She, had, she, she definitely has the most professional ground and pound of, out of all it the is, girls that we've had. She's number one. Number one ground and pound. She awesome. was a machine. And she ended up getting caught, not to give it away, but Jesus, what a good, what a nice match. Yeah, 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 man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, I love Eddie. you, man. You guys Thank are awesome. Thank you, Eddie. I'll, anytime you want me back, just say the word. Fuck you yeah. Know, we'll, we'll make it happen, man. Thank you, guys. Good luck. All right, take Thanks. care, buddy. Good talking to you. Good night, bravo. He's a really interesting guy, Eddie. I just, I, I enjoy listening to him. He's got such a passion when he talks about it. Um, and he just, he's just an easy guy to listen to. Got a unique mind, you know. Yes, he does. And he's a nice guy. He's a good guy, just like yes. you, my little bird. Even if yes. even if Bobby Green doesn't think so, that's so, okay. I would argue that point. I, at one point, I didn't raise it since you're going to mention Bobby Green. Is if what I'm saying is crazy or wrong, why is it then when a coach is telling a guy uh, in between rounds, "Oh, look, we don't know how they scored that round. You got to go in." Like when they like, I they might it might be one one going into this. Like, why else do they give him that pep talk if it doesn't change strategically the way a guy might look at a third or a fifth round? Of course it does. Well, this is how this is what I would say to you when you think uh, some say it's crazy. I would say some say it's crazy, <laughs> but it's oh, true. No. Jimmy, I was yes. just wondering though if if you get caught between the moon and New York City, I know it's crazy. Hold on, Jimmy, wait a couple of beats, but it's true. All right, that's gonna, Jimmy. What do you want to plug tonight? I, I did that purposely before you plug because I know you would have left. I but can't no. hang up. Fat Black Pussycat, seven o'clock. It's been selling out every week. I'm there every Wednesday through the end of May. And uh, if you're in Cleveland, Friday night only. Saturday is sold out. Matt, I'll, uh, talk to you. The fight. Let's plug the fights too. Am I seeing you in a couple of days, or are you traveling after that? I'm traveling uh, uh, next week. Hold on. What? I thought it was what's today? It's it's today's it's, Wednesday. My bad, Jimmy. Yeah. I kind of thought it was the beginning of the week. I'm kind of shot. But listen, man, safe travels. And with Pavlovich, Mash, let me pro Pavlovich gets cursed blades this Saturday. A great fight. Uh Sergey's number three. Uh our pal Curtis number four. Um and that taking, is going to be four. What buddy? Who are you taking with Curtis Blades versus Sergey? You know, Sergey has been on such a role and he has let me look at the last guys they've fought i'm going to probably take curtis blades because tuivasa lewis uh abdurakimov uh maurice green he's beaten some really good guys all first round knockouts uh curtis is coming off so am i two first round knockouts but Curtis, I think, has also, I mean, again, he did lose to Lewis, and he has lost twice to Francis. So he, he, a good striker who is not necessarily a threat on the ground has stopped Curtis Blades, his three losses. So you can't not look at that and consider it because fucking Sergey is a, is a, is a, 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 you know, a, a hammer striker. But I'm still going to take Curtis. I think he finds a way to, uh, to grind him up against the, uh, the cage and impose his will. So I'm going to take... Uh, I'm going to take Curtis. I think he stops him in the third. I got Curtis Blades, and I'm going to say by decision. I think he's going to. Okay. Have- yeah, I thought that too, but I also think Sergey has been so used to going one round only. Um, I think by the third round, a guy like Curtis, 
um, who is who has had uh, you know quite a few go longer, I think is is able to finish that in the third. Jimmy, I'm changing yes, my fourth round stoppage, Curtis. Blake. Okay. Okay. I will up your round to fourth round. You saying third round? Okay. Very good, Jimmy. What do you Mc- think, Bobby Green, Jared? Let's do Bar- Bobby Green, Jared Gordon. Uh, Jared's coming off that that loss uh, to Patty, which he won, and uh, Bobby's coming off a, a, a two stoppages to Drew Dober and uh, Makachev. Huh. What do you think? Uh, now, this is what I'm going to do, and I mean, I really, I, I, I really. Um, I really think that Jared Gordon has a really um, a really great story. He came from, but they both do. Listen, man, life is rough. But yeah. I like that he overcame like a drug addiction and I like his story. But Bobby Green is really channeled in. And uh, I think Jared is tough and I think he's going to be in this fight. He's going to be in it. But when Jared sometimes gets a little, if the guy's got him a little out, um, outgun standing, he could add in the grappling, but I know I know uh Islam was able to do it, but Bobby Green's not an easy guy to get down and hold down and whatnot. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Bobby Green by decision. I'm gonna take Gordon by decision because I think he's dealt with somebody very recently who is very, very vocal and uh who had the whole crowd on his side. So I think he's gonna be ready for Bobby. Um and I think again, judging by Gordon's last performance, I think he eats out a decision. Jimmy. Listen, yes. we agree to disagree. That's okay. I, I miss you already. Be safe driving out there, Jimmy. Uh, it's a long drive. See me in Cleveland. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Thank you to Bobby Green and to uh, Eddie Bravo. And uh, we'll talk to you, uh, next week. The times. Goodbye, everyone. Yeah, bye. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.